Nation Coalitioning. You're listening to Progressive Radio Network, the most listened to commercial free and truth radio program in the world. My name is Renee, and the title of our show is What in the Cell is Going On? We're on every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern, which can be accessed live on prn.live. Or you can also call in at 641-793-7091. We are going to do something a little different today. I'm going to be my own guest today because I have a lot of people asking about the last live show that we um, we, we, we have recorded on our Podbean. Um, the last two weeks, of course, they've been uh, sharing uh, our researcher, Dr. True's replays. And this is the first live show that I've had the opportunity to share my journey as well as my uh, my my interpretation of that last show we did last, um, the last live show, that's the first one on the Podbean page. So I don't want to confuse the audience. People have been asking me, so what is your faith? What is your faith? <laughs> and I think I just need, I owe it to my audience and I'd like to have a recording kind of sharing my journey with you. I know you guys appreciate me and my researcher, Dr. True, and all the other guests we've had for over five years now. Um, You know, I was very divinely given this show by Gary Knoll, the owner of this station. Uh, He supported my nonprofit that I had in honor of my baby girl, Casey. Uh, I met him at his uh, place in Naples, and that's where I met him. And he kind of followed me over the years. Um, and, And he knows I'm authentic. He knows that I'm speaking the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Uh, in honor of these autistic children, which my four-year-old baby girl was when she passed away. I lost her 10 days after her fourth birthday, for anyone that's not aware. Um, Her mausoleum says God's dearest angel on it. Um, I've always been a believer in a creator my whole entire life. And I just want to kind of clarify, because last week's show was more uh, as far as what I, I believe in this station, my show represents. It was more of uh, you know, Judy's, uh, the, the guest that we had, her perspective. And of course, I love her. She's a big supporter. And I agree with her that we all need to find our calling. And boy, oh boy, did I do. And it, it, it happened at the death of my daughter. Um, I didn't want to breathe, literally. And uh, I held my breath at the hospital as my parents were coming down to, to say goodbye to their first grandchild. And I'm like, I'm not going to breathe unless you make her breathe. You're God. You can make her breathe. And all I can tell you is like a slide projector show. I was shown from our creator um, what he was going to use me to do and what I was called to do. I was a very happy personal trainer at that time. I was certified by the American Council on Exercise. I loved what I did. I got people results when they came to me. I loved what I did, but that's just not what he planned for me to do. So as Judy said on the last live show, you know, it's very important that we, you know, find the calling what we have been gifted um, to and created, you know, to do. And and it's definitely a, um, a you know, a, a, you know, many people are lost in the world and there's so many deaths and there's so many you know, suicides and because people just don't know what their, you know, what their purpose is in this life. So I kind of want to just give an overview because like I said, people have been asking after that show, I thought, I thought you believed this way. What do you actually believe? So I'm going to kind of share my journey with everybody. Since this is my show, I have the right. Gary Nall gave it to me very divinely. Um, and uh, when I say divinely, let me just cut, let me just go back to that real fast. 
um, I'm sitting at my computer years after I met Gary No, and I'm sitting at my computer and me and my late husband are together at the time and I get a, an email from this guy, Jesse. And he says, how would you like to get your truth out before Wikipedia, FaceTime and Google take your, your freedom of speech away? So I'm thinking he wants to do a radio show, right? So I email him back and I'm like, you know, just a radio show interviewing me because I had been doing those over the years after Casey passed away. So I email him back and I'm like, sure, when do you want to do the show? And he emails me back. He said, no, we want to give you a weekly radio show. So I email him back. I'm like, well, I'm not sure if I could do a weekly radio show exposing the dangers of vaccines. But if you allow my husband to participate, he could do 50 shows all by himself. <laughs> so that's how I, you know, that's what, how it was given to me. That's why I say divine. It was nothing but divine the way that I uh, was able to start publicly speaking like this all across the world. And I'm just so thankful for Gary, um, just for everything he's been doing forever since the seventies. I know at least, um, you know, teaching on natural healing, which is kind of where I've led from not only exposing the dangers of vaccines, which is what was wrong with my baby girl. She was autistic. She died from the vaccines, the poison that was in her blood. I now know two years after I stopped her vaccines. But now I'm teaching also in honor of my late husband, who I was married to almost 12 years because um, her dad divorced me after Casey died. But um, I remarried Gary Tunsky, who was a brilliant, brilliant man, uh, understanding how to heal at a cellular level. And it goes right along what Gary Null in the station teaches, a vegan diet, a 21-day cellular cleanse. And I would coach his patients and everything over the you know 12 years we were together. So you know now my ministry has gone from not just exposing the number one toxicity to the blood, which is the vaccines, I mean, everybody knows the poison in vaccinations, you know, mercury, formaldehyde, aluminum, antifreeze, I mean, the blood of animals and on and on and on and on, which isn't even including the COVID shot, because that's not even a vaccine as far as I'm concerned. That's a kill shot as far as I'm concerned with the stuff they're doing with that. But um, this is all the previous ones that they start getting, you know, within three hours of birth with a hepatitis B vaccine. So I've been exposing this. Casey died in 1999. So I've been doing the vaccine, you know, uh, awareness or the, uh, you know, the the dangers, exposing them uh, since she passed away in the early 2000s. Um, and now that Gary's gone, he's been gone now. June 29th of this year will be five years. I can't believe it's been so long. Um, but he wrote a book called The Battle for Health is Over pH, explaining the acidity versus alkalinity in the cells. Um, a CD also that went along with it, as well as a CD uh, for the book that I'm now writing, which is called What in the Cell is Going On, which is also the name of this radio show. So anyway, I'm telling you all that just to know that now I'm clear, very clear, not just kind of clear, <laughs> very clear, as we talked about on the last live show of my calling and my purpose in this world and why I'm breathing and have a radio show and talking to you right now. But I just want to um, share with you just what I, you know, my kind of journey. I was raised as a Christian. My mom still listens to Jimmy Swaggart or his son or whatever. She's a, she's an old school, you know, listening to the old Christian pastors. Um, Christianity never worked for me. Uh, I remember even as a little girl, uh, like probably two or three. Uh, I remember my mom dragging me to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. She even made me get on the stage 
and sing with her. But I remember crawling underneath the chairs while the, the pastor was talking, and every time the name Jesus or the Lord was said, my skin crawled as a child, mind you. I knew something wasn't right. I knew that was not right. So I never was drawn into um, the Christian religion. As I grew, I found the hypocrisy behind it. Um, you know, they they read the Bible, but they acted a different way. It, it, they, they talked it, but they didn't walk it type of thing. So to me, it was very hypocritical in my, you know, up and up until probably, you know, definitely through my teens um, and into my 20s. You know, it was a very to me, I pushed the Bible away because of that hypocrisy. And now in retrospect today and where he's brought me now at the level I am with my faith now, not that I'm anybody special, we're all equal, um, but he's grown me to a level now, I call it PhD level of the scriptures, okay, understanding the mistranslations because there's a lot of mistranslations in the King James Version, which is what my mom raised me on. Um, that was translated from the Greek language, which there's no grammar. So definitely there was some mistranslations and that was translated from the Babylonian Hebrews, uh, Babylon, Sodom and Gomorrah, Babylon. That was translated from the original pictograph, the original, uh, you know, the original, original Hebrew. Okay. And that's what our ministry does. We all kind of dig into the original meaning behind the scriptures. So I'm very much back in our creator's word. I'll make that very clear. Um, but I no longer believe how I started. My mom raised me, which is the New Testament's for the Christians, and the Old Testament's for the Jews. To me, that's a big fat lie. And that's why father led me uh, in, you know, from being sucked into that religion of Christianity, because I knew something wasn't right. So, um, in retrospect, after, you know, after being, you know, living this world in my twenties, um, just being a person of love and not even really believe it in evil. I, I, I just, you know, you gotta be a good person and just be, be nice to people and love people and just got to have love. It was almost like a Buddhist type of mentality. Even one of my clients, when I was training said, you're a Buddhist and don't even realize it, you know? So I, but I always knew Jesus was God. Cause that's what my mom taught me. Jesus was God, even though I didn't, the name, and to this day when I say it, it just doesn't feel right to me because I know that now I've learned there's no J in the Hebrew language until like 1532. So there's no way our Savior could have been named Jesus. His name is Yahusha. And this is what he showed me in that original language. And if you guys are interested in, in, in seeing a little introduction to where my ministry, uh, what we believe, just go to the vacinfo.org, which is my website in honor of the children, in honor of my baby girl, and go above the little boy flexing his muscles to the support link. If you go to the support link, you will see a video. The very top one is a linguist. His name was Ronald. I got to meet him personally. He came into our ministry about 10 years ago, I'm thinking, and he revealed to us the original paleo pronunciation of both our creator as well as when he came in the flesh, um, his names. So I call him Yahuwah and Yahusha. So that's where he's brought me to now. But I just want to keep sharing the journey back when I was 
got to have love, did not believe in evil. And this was all the way, gosh, through uh, Mary and the dad of my children. And we didn't get married till I was almost 30. And I didn't have a Bible in my house when my baby girl passed away because Ronnie was raised Catholic. So he he kind of taught me or what his his opinion is, is the Bible symbolic, not literal. And I went with that, you know, because I was a good person. And I knew I was supposed to be exposing the dangers of vaccines, no matter what I believed. Uh, you know, I knew I was clear on that for sure, especially after we had Casey and I lost Casey. But when she was with me for the four years and 10 days, and that's all I can do is thank Father for that time that he loaned her to me. Her mausoleum, as I mentioned, says God's dearest angel on it. I felt a slice of heaven. Casey was in a diaper drinking a bottle to the day she passed away. I blindly held her down and let them poison her blood with the vaccinations. Um, Had to teach her how to crawl, had to teach her how to walk. And then, you know, I started taking her to all the specialists, the gastroenterologist, the endocrinologist, three different neurologists, trying to find out what was wrong with my first love. I didn't know what a love even was until I had that little girl. Sure, I love my mom and my husband, but it was not the love that you have for your first child. And in my case, it was even, you know, I had, you know, after I realized the vaccines injured her, it amplified that love, you know, by a thousand because now I've, I've, you know, I've intentionally or unintentionally, should I say, but I was responsible for choosing to poison her blood that caused neurological damages in her. And, 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 you know, the autism epidemic went from one in 10,000 in the eighties to a hundred, one in 150 back then, one in 150 kids were being labeled autistic. And we had congressional hearings after I lost Casey, you know, I had her for four years and 10 days. She was a breath of life. Um, and I think that's, I know that's how father, you know, brought me beyond, um, you know, more deeper into a faith of knowing that he existed because he loaned her to me. And she was literally a slice of heaven. When you say, when I hear people say in it and not of it, um, that describes her, that describes her exactly. She was in the world and not of the world. She was always happy. She was just, you know, she did the best she could do, you know, having the injuries that I allowed them to do to her. Um, but I was just so close to her. She didn't have to talk. She just had to open those big blue eyes and give me a smile. And, and I knew what she wanted. You know, she put my hand on the doorknob and I'd open the door if we, she wanted to go outside, if she wanted to, you know, she would, we had a connection way beyond just a regular mother child relationship. So when he allowed her to die, and this was two years after I stopped her vaccines because I, I gave her, I let I left the doctor, uh, E, she was called, um, who poisoned her with all the first vaccines. And then I went to another male doctor and he convinced me because I was still starting to research because after I took her to all the specialists, I'm like, there ha- there, there, this is just not right. And then I started researching and praying and I was led um, to a, uh, my mom actually sent me an article called The Hour of Time, uh, The Hour of Time or something like that. Anyway, Um, I even just printed it recently and read it for the first time in almost, you know, over 20 years. Um, but anyway, it was referring to this book by Wallene James, this guy, Wallene James, and it was exposing the dangers of vaccines. And, um, I stopped reading the article about maybe five pages in. I'm like, let me just go get the book. 
So I go to Barnes and Noble and I ask for the book and they're like, ma'am, that book doesn't exist. I'm like, well, the guy, Waleen James, give me anything he wrote. Ma'am, that Arthur doesn't exist. So I'm like, okay, so this is my, this is how father started opening my eyes to the vaccines. Okay. Then I see a news clipping on channel four news in South Florida. Christy Krueger is showing this little boy, Anthony Socorro walking through his kitchen, walking by his refrigerator. And he had the same gait that Casey had walking gait. He was very wobbly because I've learned the hepatitis B causes what uh, causes uh, is linked to hypotonia, hypotonia for the muscle, like low muscle tone. Anyway, so I immediately called Christy Kruger and I'm like, who is this little boy? Who's his mom? I have to talk to her. So Christy Kruger gave me, this is all the the news reporter. I called her and she gave me Gail Socorro, Anthony's mom's number. And I called her and she said it happened right after the hepatitis B vaccine. So now father's opened my eyes to the fact that Casey's hepatitis B vaccine, which she at the time in 1999 was given at two weeks old. Today, babies are given the hepatitis B vaccine within three hours of birth before they even leave the hospital. I've had parents over the years call me. They won't let me take my baby home if I don't give this, give them the hepatitis B vaccine. What do I do? And I just tell them, Tell them that you're going to talk to the pediatrician about it. Just get your baby out of the hospital. That's all these nurses and doctors know is what they're taught. So just get your baby out of there. Now, in re- you know, in today's world, if somebody asked me, I would tell them to home uh, to have a home birth. I had my last one at home because <laughs> by this time, father had led me to understand my babies was my baby. My body was designed to have babies, and my breasts were designed to feed them. So I had my daughter Faith Renee at home. I'm April Renee. The one I lost is Casey Renee. And my 23-year-old is Faith Renee. And um, she has no vaccines. And she was also born at home. So she's not poisoned at all. The only thing I let them do to her and not knowing was that little prick in the heel the midwife gave her um, to take her blood or whatever. And I wish I wouldn't have done that. If I knew what I knew now, I wouldn't even have had to do that. I probably wouldn't even have had a midwife. By what I know now, father's grown me so much in the last 20 years. And that's kind of what I want to share um, just to clarify, like I said, my perspective of the last live show. So back to not having a Bible in my house, Casey's showing me that, you know, there was she was a slice of, of just another world um, and then losing her. Now, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the, the, the little poem Footprints, where there's four feet in the sand walking and then when times of trouble, you only see two footprints. And, the, you know, it's like the other two print, you know, father's not with us. The other two print, footprints are gone. Well, that is so true because that's when, when I lost my baby girl, that's when father, Yahusha, picked me up and carried me. And that's what that poem's all about. So that's so true because I didn't want to breathe. I mean, I literally could not function. Forget eating. I mean, even taking a breath was very difficult. And I'm going to try to do this without getting emotional because it's been a long time and I'm going to, I'm going to be strong here because I want the audience to understand who my journey and how he got me to where I am, <laughs> how he's brought me, should I say, to where I am. All right. So he's carrying me and, um, I'm still, still don't have a Bible in my house, mind you. It's still like the Bible's, you know, hypocrite is, you know, it's hypocritical. It's not, you know, it's not, there's not, uh, you know, the Christian religion kind of destroyed me. 
So um, then he brought a, a sister in my life, um, and she also had an injured son. I started uh, Casey's Quest after Casey died, which ended up being the Autism Autoimmunity Project. I ended up being the president of the whole nonprofit, but I started Casey's Quest as the Florida chapter. Uh, the only reason I didn't, um, I didn't start Casey's Quest as a 501c3, like Autism Autoimmunity Project was, was because there was a lot of paperwork and everything. And I, this guy, Ray, he had the Autism Autoimmunity Project. And every time he would post something on the Yahoo groups we had back then, um, it sounded like something I would say. So I'm like, let me just call this guy and become his Florida chapter. So I ended up becoming his Florida chapter. We did um, rallies in front of the Capitol uh, when they tried to protect the drug companies from liability. After they did 9-11, they, they, they passed this Homeland Security bill, and they, they put a provision in the middle of the night protecting them from liability from parents like myself that knew our babies were vaccine-injured and labeled autistic. So um, then we did another one. We got the provision taken out of that bill. Then a couple months later, they, they create another bill called the BioShield bill. We get back up to the Washington, do another rally in front of the Capitol and got that provision taken out. And in, the, in, in between those two rallies or those two um, uh, those events, um, I actually uh, was able to be blessed with a $75,000 donation. So for that second um, for that second rally, I had taken out a full page Washington Post ad. We took out ads in the Congress Daily Magazine that all the congressmen get. We were moms on a mission. We were lions protecting our cubs, and we demanded for them to remove that provision that provision that were basically looking at us like terrorists. Okay. And then we also had Dr. Andrew Wakefield in 2001, because that's what Ray had kind of set up Autism Immunity Project as was an independent research funder for these, you know, for these researchers who are proving again, what us parents already knew. Nobody knows our babies know, you know, better than we do. We knew our babies were vaccine injured, you know? And anyway, so Ray had started to raise money for Dr. Vijendra Singh at the time at Utah State University. That's what he set up um, originally with the, the nonprofit. He had a, a 19 year old, I believe he was, um, Eric, that was very aggressively vaccine injured and labeled autistic, and he had to eventually uh, institutionalize him and everything. I even founded, when he gave me the whole nonprofit and asked me to create a board, I created a founder position, and I gave Ray Gallup that founder position because I so appreciated him starting that nonprofit to raise money for these independent researchers because, of course, as soon as they started raising money and proving the vaccines were linked to the autism epidemic, they would lose all funding. You know, so we had Dr. Andrew Wakefield in 2001 and 600 people came to see his research. Um, and then 2002, we had we actually had Dr. Wakefield. I always had a researcher with a biomedical medical, you know, doctor that was helping these vaccine injured children, autistic children at the time. In 2001, we had um, Dr. Jeff Bradstreet. And then um, and of course, they eliminated him. Uh, they claimed he shot himself in the heart and threw himself in the river. Yeah, right. Um, they took him out years later. But anyway, back in 2001, Wakefield and Bradstreet. 2002, Singh, Dr. Vijendra Singh, the one Dr. Ray was raising money for from Utah State University, along with um, Bill Shaw. He had a Great Plains laboratory that was doing a lot of blood tests and stuff on the children at that time. 
And then in 2003, I had Dr. John Martin, who was finding the monkey viruses in the vaccines. And that uh, is the SV40, simian virus number 40, the 40th monkey virus found from the polio vaccine all of us received, SV40. They were doing congressional hearings proving it came from the polio vaccine. And this is what even cancer tumors are showing, SV40. So I teach now that even all of us have cancer cells, basically, if we have the polio shot, because it came from the monkeys they use. They use monkeys, they use live mediums to make these vaccines with the polio, the African green monkeys, with the diphtheria, the, the, the you know, they, with the DPT vaccine, they use a juggler of a horse. With the um, MMR vaccine, they use aborted fetal tissue. So we just don't know this stuff. I didn't know. I didn't know that they use live mediums and then they put this witch's brew and add all the heavy metals and everything in it as well and stir it up and then inject it into our baby's bloodstream, um, bypassing our innate ability of fever, vomiting, diarrhea. I've learned those are our creator's natural defenses. They pass all those when they poison our blood, I've learned. So anyway... Again, I'm not believing in evil. I want to get to that story real fast. Okay, so I let, let's show you how I came from got to have love to now understanding. When my secretary, she became uh, into my life, the woman that had another vaccine-injured autistic son, um, and uh, she was a very strong Christian. And as we were doing the rallies and we were doing the, 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 uh, you know, the conferences in South Florida and Fort Lauderdale, you know, she was always showing me the scriptures. She was, you know, he used her to bring me back into what my mother had raised me as. And so that's how I started getting, you know, back into the word. I ended up buying a Bible and a concordance and they kind of disappeared because I was still with the dad of my children. And he, he, he pushed that away completely. Um, so anyway, so, um, that was the beginning, but again, I had to learn evil so how I learned evil, <laughs> and it was nothing but the creator of the universe allowing this to happen to show me, baby girl, that there's evil out there, but don't be, don't worry about it, but just be aware of it. He made clear to me. And the first thing, it was like three things back to back. Um, the first thing was a lady who had an autistic son told me she knew how to grant write. She was a podiatrist and she wanted to help me do a grant writing. And I went to her house and she took me down to the pool and she was going to teach me and, and my secretary how to grant write. And she grabs my hands and she says, I am a white light energy and Casey has sent me to you and I'm here to guide you and keep you in safe and to tell you who's going to betray you and only, almost like a medium. Okay. And of course, I'm not aware of scripture at that time as far as not, that's not of the script, you know, that's not of, yeah. Um, I let her you know, try to tell me this kind of stuff. And then finally I cut her off. I knew that I didn't need someone telling me what's going to happen because father had already revealed to me, father revealed to me, even what's going on in those flashes when I didn't want to breathe. He actually even said then that the vaccines, he told me the vaccines are going to be linked to the mark of the beast. The Bible talks about. So even the dad of my children told my children, you know, a couple of years ago, you know what your mother was saying two, 20 years ago, she was right, you know? So he kind of showed it all to me. So when this lady, when she tried to start telling me what was going to happen and stuff and be my, you know, my, my psychic, 
Um, I'm like, you know, I really don't need that. I appreciate you wanting to offer, but you know, I've got a direct connect with him because at the time I thought Casey was in a better place because that's the typical Christian, uh, belief. Um, the Bible clearly says the dead are sleeping until the resurrection. So now I no longer believe Casey's with God because the dead are sleeping. My late husband is sleeping. He's resting until the resurrection. That's what the scriptures say. But at the time I was, you know, I thought that she was in a better place anyway. So, um, when I said, when I told her that I would not, um, I didn't need her help anymore. She turned against me. She even told my secretary, uh, you know, don't worry, she's going to be gang raped anyway. And said something really nasty about me. She got real mad at me. And then the next day she called and she sounded like this voice that was so demonic that I slammed the phone down, literally, because I knew it was not even a human being. It was an evil entity. Okay. And that was the first introduction father did to introducing me to evil. Okay. So then the second thing was, um, this, uh, this, treatment that they were offering autistic children, because there was a lot of dollar signs at that time about, you know, treating autistic children because the epidemic was increasing so fast, um, you know, back then in the early 2000s. And there was this guy that uh, was telling parents that he could heal their child in three weeks. And one of the, on my, my Yahoo group, I was a member of about 25 Yahoo groups um, and one of our board members uh, had created a Casey's Clubhouse for our organization, and I saw a post come across that this 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 in, this this guy that's claiming there's three weeks you know three weeks they can kill, uh, cure the children that it was something April recommended like like the the post that I got on my Casey's Clubhouse it looked like at the time that I was recommending this treatment and we were a very well known organization back then. It was Autism Autoimmunity Project. We were competing, or not competing, but aligned with, or, or you know, the other autism organizations. I don't want to say aligned with because we were the only ones saying the vaccines caused our child's autism, and they would laugh at me. But Autism Society of America we, was out back then. Uh, NAAR, National Alliance for Autism Research, was out by the, back by then. Unlocking Autism with Shelley Reynolds. Um, we had a bunch of, you know, they actually knew the vaccines were entering theirs too, but they weren't a, the big ones as it was the NAR and the ASA that we, you know, they were in opposition of us. But anyway, so um, it looked like I, my, my organization, Autism Autoimmunity Project, was, um, was endorsing this treatment that this guy was offering. So I immediately contacted our attorney and I'm like, we have to send out something making it clear that we didn't endorse this. Not that we won't, but we've got to have our board approve it, you know? So he sent out something and right after he posted it or we posted that email, I mean that post on like 25 Yahoo groups. And this was like pretty much the whole autism world. Um, I get a phone call and hmm. It's the guy who's promoting it. And I'm like, well, hello, sir. And he says, what was that that I, I'm like, sir, it was nothing against you personally. I said, we're just the 501c3. We're very, pro, you know, very, uh, uh, you know, very uh, honest. And, and we, you know, we have a board. We look at the treatments. You know, we're very careful on what we approve for these children because a lot of people take our advice. And, uh, and I said, if you just send me your information, 
and our board approves it, then we can say that we endorse it. But that email that came across my, that post that came across my Casey's Clubhouse is insinuating that I already agreed to it and I haven't. And I can't, you know, I, I, you know, my baby's not here anymore, but these other ones are like my babies and it's not going to happen until I see it and my board sees it and we endorse it. You know, we don't, we don't endorse anything pharmaceutical, you know? So anyway, so he, we kept talking a little bit. He tried to tell me some stuff and then I mentioned to him something about Ray Gallup. He, he, no, he mentioned Ray Gallup's name, the founder of our organization, and he said something negative about him. And said, well, Ray won't let us treat his son, Eric, and we can do so much for him, something like that. And I said, well, sir, I have to tell you that um, Ray is not the reason why you're not treating Eric. I said, I'm the reason. He called me and asked me. And I told him that we need to look into it, just like I'm telling you. So please send me everything. We have a board meeting coming up next week. And, you know, I'll, I'll... all of a sudden, as soon as he found out that I was the reason, I start hearing this sound in the phone And it was almost like a sound of walking the ocean and picking up a big big seashell and listening to the seashell that, well, I immediately raised my hand and start praying. Okay. And I motioned over for my secretary to come and I, we held hands and I hung up the phone. It was nice talking with you, sir, but, and I hung up. As soon as I hung up the phone, my arms on the chair started vibrating about an hour later, I was flat on my back and could not move. I even made the comment, baby girl, I'm coming home. I'm coming, I'm coming to be with you. I thought I was dying. I was talking on a radio show a couple of weeks later, whatever, and I was explaining the story and a hypnotherapist called, a 45-year hypnotherapist, and he said, you were given a sound kill effect in hypnotherapy. That man tried to kill you. The only way I was able to even get off being in a back position was I called my chaplain, Kim, Kim, it was her name in Texas, and she did a major prayer in the name of Jesus. Um, She did a major prayer and she got me off the floor. I was able to stand up. So that was my second introduction to evil. Okay. The third and the final one was uh, going to Washington, (laughs) D.C., And I'm walking out of a congressional hearing that I had um, I had gone to uh, with Congressman Dan Burton. And um, as I'm walking out of the hearing, a bum looking guy almost runs into my shoulder in Washington, D.C. He had like dreadlocks and stuff and all black. And he almost ran into my shoulder and I had like a suit on. And he said, oh, you little rich little. And I'm like, no, 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 sir. I'm here in honor of my baby girl. I'm $40,000 in debt. I'm not who you think I am. He gets right in my face and he starts screaming at me. Your dead daughter's rotting in the grave. You're not doing anything for your dead daughter. I mean, the rudest, crudest things you can possibly say to a mother that's lost a child, this man was saying to me. I immediately saw blackness in his eyes and realized this is evil. Forget my almost new age perspective that evil don't exist. Evil does exist. Okay. And this man was evil. So my secretary is literally putting anointing oil on him. Cause remember she's a strong Christian. So she's putting anointed oil. He's walking in and out. See where 
had gone to get the car because we were walking to meet him on the corner because it had been raining and then uh, there was thunder and lightning and stuff. So he was going to get the car and pick us up on the corner. And this is when all this happened. So I immediately go to the corner and the man is yelling at me so loud about my dead daughter that I finally just raised my hand and I said, God, please take this man away. And everything becomes silent. And I turned around and he, he wasn't there. And I look over in the trees. He's not there. I'm looking all around for this guy in front of the Congress building. He has vanished. I'm like, where did he go? I asked her. And she's like, that was a demon. I'm like, holy moly. (laughs) And that's when Father really made it clear to me that, baby girl, don't worry about it. I got you back. You know, I'm more powerful than that evil entity, but there is evil and you need to be aware of it. Your fight's going to be a hard fight against the enemy. So this is all still before I got into really the, the, the scriptures. But now I'm, I'm realizing the scriptures are just misinterpreted, basically, um, and mis, you know, mistranslated. So anyway, um, as, as I, you know... Uh, that was that was that big part of my life. How much more time do I have? Twenty minutes. Okay. This is all going to be in this book that I'm writing. I've been writing it for a while now. Um, actually, since Casey's death, I've been writing it from her uh, journal. I kept that I had to keep um, for the lawsuit that we did against the hospital that killed her. Um, so I've I've been writing it basically since Casey's passing, and now that Gary's passed, I'm going to combine it with the wisdom I've gained from him which was father's wisdom. You know, Gary was just given it and now the baton's been passed to me, you know, as far as what the wisdom he was given. And, um, but anyway, so I went, I went from, uh, you know, not believing in the scriptures to, you know, being shown that they are alive and they are inspired by our creator. There's 66 books that are inspired by our creator. You know, my son even tried to say, mom, why should I read it? It's written by man. No, it wasn't written by man. Every other book in the world was written by man, but the scriptures was written by our creator. It was inspired by him through the prophets I've learned. And anyway, so um, where did I go from there? So then I started, uh, we were, her, her dad, before he divorced me, he wanted, because we grew apart. After Casey died, we went in different directions, you know, because I jumped in Jesus's lap and he started doing rock and roll drumming and stuff in our garage. And I remember just wrapping the pillow around my head as they're singing like, you know, the F word and date rape songs and all kind of stuff that's very heavy metal. And uh, anyway, um, when he, when, before he divorced me, he wanted to have a rock for autism. He wanted to get all of his rock and roll bands to get together and do a fundraiser for our nonprofit. And I um, went to Costco to get a cooler he wanted. And when I walked in there, there was a man standing there and working, like having people sign a paper or something. And I said, sir, do you know where the coolers are? And he said, yeah, let me show you the one I just bought. And he walks me over to the aisle. And then he hands me his card. And his name is Paul Rico. He's a 45-year or 50-year, whatever it was, uh, messianic theologist. So he says, hey, I live in your neighborhood, and I get together on on Saturdays uh, for the Sabbath, and um, I'm inviting you over. 
So I started going over there. The dad of my children came with me a couple times, I thought, because he was interested. But I found out it was just to make sure I didn't enter some cult. Um, and uh, anyway, long short, uh, I, 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 uh, st- I started going to his, his teachings. And he introduced me to Michael Rood, a big messianic teacher. Um, and that was very divine, too. And I still knew something wasn't right. My Holy Spirit, my Ruach HaKadosh, it's called in Hebrew, um, it knew something wasn't right. It knew something was messy about messianic. I knew something was missing, you know. And 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 the my support link has predominantly, well, actually all of it, I think. Um, well, not all because my husband's teachings are on the support link also about the who are they, the battle of the bloodline, which is a huge piece I'm going to hopefully get, be able to get into. Uh, that you need to know if you're going to get into Yah's word, you need to um, know who are they, the battle of the bloodlines, the, the, Revelation 2.9. Beware the Jews who call themselves Jews and are not the, the synagogue of Satan. On my support link down at the bottom, you'll see part one and part two, and you can click on those links. And that's my husband's videos showing scripturally who we're up against even in today's world, the gates of hell. Uh, Ferret Face Fauci, all of them. They're all, you know, me and Dr. True have been radio shows on the actual family name of Revelation 1823 by the, the merchants of the world wax and grow rich and by the sorceries all nations are deceived. The word merchants means the pure bloodline of the enemy. It's the family name. Me and Dr. Ha- Dr. True have a radio show on it called the Radhan Knights. I've learned. That's all recently. But anyway... Um, and then even sorcery breaks down to the word pharmacia, pharmacy, drug companies, vaccines, medications. Okay. Revelation 18, 23 has two hidden mysteries right there because father says he's going to reveal the mysteries to his children in these end times. And boy, has he with me for sure. So in that one scripture, merchants is the family name of Luzerfer, I call him. Luzerfer, on the back of our Educate Before You Vaccinate cards, you will see his name bolded and with a small L. I didn't even give him a capital letter like I did all the other ingredients. Anyway, I know who I'm up against, and I don't worry about it because when Father's with us, who can be against us? When Yahuwah's with me, who can be against me? Okay? So I fear him and him only. Okay? Anyway, where was I? So, um, lost my train of thought here. Uh, I went through the journey of the evil, um, meeting Paul Rico, messianic. Okay, I was at the messianic point. Okay, so then I then Gary Tunsky comes into my life, and that was a very divine story too. Maybe on the next show, I'll throw, I'll, I'll tell you that one because it was nothing. I call them affirmations. There's so many that's happened over the last 20 years. And again, when I get my book out, you're going to hear the details. I'm just kind of giving you highlights now just so that we can, you guys can be clear on my faith with this radio show that Gary Knoll has blessed me with where we're coming from. Okay. Um, and I'm very clear on my faith and I know that I'm, you know, I, he, he does affirmations with me all the time and he very much did you know, many affirmations meeting my husband. So when I met Gary, I call my, the dad of my children, my biological donor. He's been remarried about 15 years to the woman I used to be, April. I've now gone by my middle name, Renee, because I have learned through Brother Lou White's book called Fossilized Customs that every month of the year and day of the week are connected to pagan deities. 
And I'm like, well, father, uh, my name is April. <laughs> I didn't name myself. He's like, you have another one. I'm like, oh, yeah, Renee. <laughs> and I found out later that Renee even means rebirth, reborn. And boy, was I. I was a heathen back then, like a lot of us, you know, have been through. Anyway, so back to Gary. When I met Gary and the, it was nothing but a affirmation after affirmation after affirmation meeting that man. And um, actually, let me go ahead and say it real fast a little bit. Uh, I, I had the Yurko hearing. Back when I had the nonprofit Casey's Quest, I have time to probably share it with you. Um, the year that uh, the, the, the Yurko hearing was a big thing back when I had um, Casey's Quest and Autism Autoimmunity Project, he was a big supporter of us. And he was accused of killing his baby, uh, baby Allen. He died, at, um, he died by shaking him to death, they, they claimed. And they put him behind bars for shaking his baby to death. And of course the vaccines killed him. And after eight years in there, him representing himself, we were able to get him out of jail. And, uh, and, and it was, it was, I went to the hearing as a, the president of the autism autoimmunity project. I had flew in my Michigan chapter, Mary, um, to do a chiropractic events event I had scheduled in Fort Lauderdale, and it was going on on Sunday when I had to drive to start the hearing on Monday in Orlando. Anyway, so as I'm dropping Mary off, she flew in from Michigan, and I'm driving her to the chiropractic event so I can drive up to get you know with the girls' house that came you know from all over the world to see the hearing. The hearing was a big thing back in the early 2000s. Um, we had a girls' house and a guys' house, so as I'm driving. I had to drive up there to get to the girl's house. So I'm dropping Mary off and she puts in what in the cell is going on CD. So when she puts it in, let me take a sip of water. When she puts it in after about 10 minutes, I'm like, who is this man? I have to meet him because remember I told you when I was on my knees, not wanting to breathe when Casey died, he showed me flashes. And one of those flashes was Gary's wisdom. And when I heard that CD, I'm like, who is this guy? I have to meet him. And Mary said, you know, I heard he's coming to Orlando this week. Why? It went right over my head because I'm going to be at a hearing all week trying to get this guy out of jail and praying the whole time in the, 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 in the, in the lobby. I, I flew in my chaplain and my secretary was on the phone with me the whole time. We weren't even listening to the hearing. We were just out in the lobby praying the whole time. Anyway, so I didn't think anything of it that this, this guy on the CD is going to be in Orlando. Well, Monday night, as we, well, first of all, when I walk in the door Monday morning, I walk in and I see the guy who co-authored Gary's PH book, um, Greg Ciola, standing there on a, with a cowboy boots and a hat. And we were all waiting for the, the hearing to start and the doors to open. And I was drawn to him. I'm like, what's your name? My name's April Renee Oaks, you know? And we saw five double rainbows that week together as we were going to lunch with all the other brothers, uh, you know, people that attended the event. But anyway, or the hearing. Um, but anyway, so, um, I was able to, on Monday night, as we're driving back the guys back to their house, uh, Robbie, who was a, uh, acupuncturist in Naples, he was on the phone with Alan, seeing how the first day of the hearing went type of thing. And I said, let me, let me speak to him for a second. Cause I was driving and I said, Alan, God showed me we're taking handcuffs off. You're getting handcuffs taken off on Friday. He said, April, there's no way. He said, I've been studying law for eight years now in the state of Florida. There's no way I'm going to get my handcuffs off on Friday. I'm like, with God, all things are possible. He showed me those handcuffs coming off. Well, sure enough, 
me, Greg, and Francine, Alan's wife, met him at the jailhouse getting him out Friday night, <laughs> okay, <laughs> after they took handcuffs off of him. And we took him to a local bar to get a beer or something, and me and Greg and Francine and, and Alan are standing there drinking, and all of a sudden, Greg has to leave to go pick up somebody from the airport. So um, anyway, I had asked Greg to come to a radio show I had the next day before I drove back south from Orlando back to Davie, which I lived. Um, and um, I asked Greg to come with me because he had he had a Crusader magazine or newspaper back then that he would send to like 10,000 people. And he was in the hearing taking detailed notes, but I was out in the lobby praying the whole time. And I asked him to come to the radio show with me because they wanted the details of how Alan got out of jail, right? So um, I had asked him to come to the radio show with me at 2 o'clock the next day, three of my chiropractic buddies, because at the time I was doing presentation in chiropractic offices that led into the universities and everything. I was doing public presentations for 20 years now, exposing you know the dangers of vaccines in honor of my baby girl. Anyway, so, um, so we, uh, I get there to the radio show. Or no, I get there to pick up Greg to go to the radio show. And at the time, I was not a public speaker. I I I I, I, I fought public speaking because I stuttered. I still do if I if I sometimes. But um, he called me to publicly speak, and he perfected me to even have this radio show. Hallelujah. But I was running late. I wasn't a public speaker. I wasn't a professional speaker. I was show, I I almost you know didn't get there in time type of thing. So I go to his uh, crusader and I walk in and I'm you know picking him up to go to the radio show and I see this bodybuilder standing there talking to Greg's dad. And my first impression was ew because I used to be a certified trainer, right? So I used to train these, you know, guys that stood at their biceps, stared at their biceps all day, right? So my impression of bodybuilders was not very good. Anyway, so my first impression, you know, to myself was ew. <laughs> And then I'm, I had to interrupt them. I'm like, I'm so sorry to interrupt your conversation, but Greg's coming to a, a radio show with me. Where is he? And he, and the bodybuilder very arrogantly said, oh, he's over in his office, you know, very arrogantly like a bodybuilder would. And um, anyway, so I grabbed Greg and I said, let's go. We got to get in. And I, I threw him in my, you know, I brought him to my, I was driving a black Suburban at the time with big tires and black windows and loud muffler. And Greg gets in the seat and then he throws the bodybuilder in my back seat. And I'm thinking to myself, what are you doing that for, you know? And then we get to the radio show, and they put earphones on me, earphones on Greg, and earphones on the bodybuilder. So now I'm getting really upset. I'm like, this is my show to myself. I'm not saying it out loud, of course. I'm like, what is he doing? This is my show, you know? Anyway, as soon as he starts talking, I'm like, oh, that's the guy on the CD that she let me hear. <laughs> So that was definitely a affirmation to the max. We ended up spending the whole weekend together. I'm running out of time now, so I'm going to have to stop here. But we are going to continue this next week. Praise Yah. This is my show that Gary Knoll has blessed me with. And again, thank you, thank you, thank you is all I can say to Progressive Radio Network. Um it's, it's just been such a journey. And we're going to have some great shows coming up with some great people. Uh, I'm meeting a lot of great people. Um, but let's just stop there, um, just at Gary, meeting Gary, uh, because we have, we, let me just finish up. I got a couple minutes that, um, we ended up spending the weekend together because, uh, as I was leaving after the radio show, I was bringing Gary Nell's assistant, Manette to the West Palm beach airport. She had asked me to get a ride with her. And as we're leaving, she asked me to stop right next door 
Oh, no, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. That was the second night. The first night, the dad of my children, who was a windsurfer, he calls me and says, you can't drive home. This is after the radio show. You can't drive home. There's a storm coming. I used to listen to him about the weather more than a meteorologist because he was a windsurfer, right? So Ronnie tells me, you can't come home. There's a storm coming right down your road. So he said, you got to get a hotel and come home tomorrow. So I tell Manette, I'm like, we'll just get an air mattress at Walmart and we'll sleep in the back of my truck. I'm like, I got a big truck. We'll just sleep on an air mattress and then we'll drive home in the morning. Well, Greg is like, I have a condominium. You're not going to sleep in my, in, in, in a, in a, on an air mattress in your truck. I've got a condominium. We'll put the air mattress on the floor in the living room. I sleep upstairs. He's been celibate for 15 years, mind you, at the time. He's now married and has tons of kids, but at the time he was celibate. And, and Gary um, had been celibate for five years, and he slept on the couch. So um, we got stuck with him there. We got stuck with them the first night. That was Saturday night. And then the next morning as we're leaving Greg's house, Manette wants to stop by the 7-Eleven where Alan got arrested and take some filming because Gary Null apparently was going to be including the hearing the Yurko case in a documentary he was doing because he's done so many, many, many uh, wonderful documentaries and books. Um, anyway, she wanted to stop and get some video. So um, we stop and I leave the truck idling because I had gas already. And she gets back in the in the truck and she says, you want to see what I film? And she opens it up and my truck cuts off. <laughs> and I start trying to crank it and it doesn't crank. And uh, I finally, you know, called Greg and I'm like, Greg, Gary, bring over a, a, a car. I got to get jumped. I got to get home. You know, I've been gone all week and we're going to stop there because it's now 2.53. Um, so I'll remember the stopping point because I really want to get you guys or the audience clear on where this radio show's faith is at and what words of wisdom of, of and, 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 and minister to you because it's going to be huge. You're, you're going to love the rest of the story. And again, when my book comes out, you're going to get all the details. <laughs> but uh, let's stop there because um, there's more I have to share about meeting Gary Tunsky. It was a huge affirmation um, uh, meeting him. And, uh, and, uh, anyway, we'll talk about that more on the next show, but I just appreciate you guys listening. And, uh, again, progressive radio network. I can't, I'm speechless. I mean, I just can't, can't tell you how much I appreciate you guys for letting us be a voice for these voiceless children. You're listening to vaccine information coalition. Our shows can be accessed later on what in the cell dot or on the front page of our vacinfo.org website, right above or right under, I think it is, uh, the little boy. I moved it. Um, he's flexing his muscles, a little boy in a red shirt, flexing his muscles. And there's that you can get to the archive, the Podbean that I just told you, what in the cell.podbean.com. You can replay it, you can download it, you can share it. Um, so definitely spread our. You know, our over five years of shows, we have descriptions that I've sent after the shows to PRN that they put up. And they, they're the one that created this Podbean page for me. Thank you for that, too. Um, and we can have I have every one of my radio shows backed up on my computer and my external hard drive. They'll never go away. I have them forever. So and we have some really good guests. So you want to go look at those descriptions and download and share different radio shows over the year, especially since this whole COVID hoax. We've got really good shows the last three years that you want to, 
you know, go back to, you know, to the bottom of the pod bean, you can go to the next page and go to the older shows and go all the way back to the beginning of 2020. And, um, I believe Chris, Chris was the first one I interviewed and then his wife, Bethany, and definitely listen to the things about COVID, but all of our shows you can access on our Podbean page. Um, but we're going to stop here. Uh, we're going to stop here just so they can start the next show. And I appreciate all my listeners. I love you all. I so much appreciate your support. And um, yeah, bless you. All right. Bye for now. Bye.